we're glad you guys are here today. We're kicking off one of my favorite series. It's the first time we've ever preached this series. It's called I Love My Church. I love my church. So if you're new to this gathering, you're like, hey, I just coming out for the very first time. Um, I save love for something a little bit, uh, a little bit more sincere. Like I'm, it's too new for me to love it. I'm not going to make you say I love my church to leave today. Um, but basically, what you'll get to do for the next four weeks is you get to learn more about who we are, and uh, what we're doing, and, and why we exist, and why we started, and 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 kind of go from there. So if you're new today, we're glad you're here today. Um, we have some friends of ours. We're part of the Arc Network. Arc Network it stands for Association of Related Churches. And um, we, we help, we're a church that helps start churches. That's, that's who we are. We're a church that helps start churches. And so that's one thing you write down about us. If you're tra- checking us out for the first time, they help start churches. And so that's what we do. There's a church um, that's here today. They're all the way from uh, Leesburg, which isn't too, too far. But they're visiting with us today. But can we welcome them today together to our church service? Yeah. Can I get this turned down some so in case I get Pentecostal and start screaming, it, it, I, can, I can do that? Hey, um, well, we're glad you're here today. The, uh, we're, we're super, super, super excited about their church and about any other church that, that is starting churches to reach people. And today we're helping start four other churches start. When we're starting today, there's four other churches just like ours that are going to be starting all, all around the country. And we, every single Sunday, we, most single Sunday during this season, this early, the first two months of the, of the new year, we start churches. And then again in August, September, October, we start more churches. And a little under 100 churches will start this year because we get to partner with other churches to start churches. And so that's what we do. Um, but we're here today to talk about this church and about Hope Church and kind of where we're going and what we're doing. And um, I love when people ask me, why did you guys start the church? For what reason did you start the church? And, and how did you start the church? Last night we set up all this entire church at 5 p.m., um, every single Sunday at 5 p.m., all this stuff goes up. It all fits in a 24-foot trailer when we leave today. And I had um, Alex with me last night. It was his first time helping serve on the Dream Team, and he's going through Next Steps. And so that happens um, right after church day. If you want to learn even more, there's Next Steps, week two. And Alex was saying, hey, where did, how'd you get this stuff? Like, where did, where did that sound system come from? And where did this pipe and drape come from? And why do you put this floor down? Why do you put this flooring down? Where, where is all this? He was asking me all these good questions, and I'm like, I don't know. I forgot. And um, I'm like, ask Diana. She knows. You know, I already forgot, you know. And so um, I'm like, Diana knows. I said, we just researched it. And then um, our friends of ours from Church of the Lakes, Church of the Lakes, um, from Leesburg, like, man, where did this stuff come from? And I'm like, man, ask my wife. Um, but basically, I'm like, man, we just researched and we looked, went around and talked to this person, talked to this person, talked to this person. And we have this church. And, and this is why we, this is kind of how we got started. And I love remembering back to the beginning days, my, my first conversation about church. My father-in-law is here today. And I went to him one day and I said, hey, I, I still really feel like God's called me to start a church. And I worked for my father-in-law, which is scary. So like either, either he was going to, I either had to stay working for him forever or he had to fire me or I had to leave. And um, I, I did several things that deserved being fired, and he hadn't fired me, so I'm like, I guess I'm just going to have to leave, you know? And so when I decided to, to go and, and to start the church, he said, man, Wes, I'm so excited. And, um, and I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to, I wanted you and Diane to start a church. And, and so I began to have this conversation over and over again. So whenever we begin to decide to start this church, we had to ask ourselves the question, why are we starting this church? And what are we going to value? Why are we starting this church, and why are we going to value? I went to him, and I said, hey, what are, what are some reasons? I went to my follow, I'm like, what are some good reasons to start a church? <laughs> And um, if you're going to start a church, you better know why you're starting a church. You know what I'm saying, Whitney? And so I'm like, you better know why. So I'm like, hey. And he said, can I share something with you that, I, that, I've, that I've heard recently? And I said, yeah, share with me. He said, 85% of churches in America today are in plateau or decline. Meaning this, churches are closing down all the time. 3,000 plus churches, pastors every single day say, I, this isn't for me. Churches close their door. And, and I said, man, that stinks. And you know, the sad thing is that when, church close, when, when churches close... What happens to those buildings? And either, either a church is going to say, hey, I love that building, or the second thing that's going to happen is going to be, it'll become a, a store. It'll, become, it'll be torn down, whatever the case may be. But that number, 85%, has been in the back of my mind. It's been in my heart. It's kind of tattooed right in my eyes that 85% of churches are in plateau or decline. I've been asking myself the question, why? Why is that? And so I want to address that today, if you can. Why do churches close down? Maybe, maybe that's a good question you want to write down. Or if you're looking for a title today, I don't have a good one. Um, but you can kind of write down, man, what, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about, man, why do churches close down and how can we keep them going? Because our dream and, our, and our, the dream that God put in our heart is to start more churches. 
I love today setting up more chairs. That's a good thing to do. We want to buy more chairs. Diane and I are talking about Easter already. Last year at Easter, we doubled in attendance on one Sunday. So like, how are we going to fit more people into this small location? And we began to talk about how we can do that. And the reason why we want to start more churches is because we want to connect more people to Jesus. Because only Jesus can change somebody's life. Church can't. Church will fail you. Church will let you down. Only thing that can change your life is Jesus. He's the only thing that can sustain. Another title that I worked with, I wrote down this. This is the title that I wanted to, it's not a good title, but it's something that got put in my heart. Basically, is this is, are you wide awake or are you heavy sleeping? Are you wide awake or heavy sleeping? And so if you have a Bible, turn over to Matthew chapter 28. I want to, I want to read to you something today that's super, super important. It's, it's probably one of the most uh, taught uh, through scriptures of the Bible. Matthew chapter 28, if you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible today, we love to give you a Bible when you walk out today. When you, when you, as soon as you get out um, around the corner, my sister will be right there. And um, just say, hey, can I get a Bible? And that's free of charge for you. And um, put it on my tab. And um, but this verse, this passage of scripture is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, if you, if you have a Bible, again, Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, verse 16, the Bible says this, then the 11 disciples were left for Galilee. If you've been in church for a long time, you know that there was 12 disciples, but now there's 11 disciples, and the reason why there's 11 disciples now is because one of the disciples betrayed Jesus. He, he betrayed Jesus, and so he's no longer with them, and they eventually replaced this 11th disciple, they eventually take on 12 disciples. Um, but there's 11 disciples. They went to Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Jesus said, here, go meet me here. And they went there. And they went without Jesus. When they saw him, he got there ahead of them. Whenever you're Jesus, Jesus is omnipresent, so he can beat you. Be like, oh, you know, like, you know we, people want to try to figure out how we can transport in time. Only person that can do that is Jesus, which is wicked, sick, cool. And so, like, he's like, hey, I'll meet you guys there. Like, I don't know if he walked. Did he levitate? I don't know. That's not my job to figure out. I'll ask him when we get to heaven. But the bo- point is this. When they get there, Jesus beats them there. And I'm sure they probably wondered, how did you get here? It's like the, it's like the, the turtle and, and, the, and the rabbit. It's like they just they keep on getting ahead of them. So they got there, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them still doubted. They were a little bit, a little bit tricky. Again, this is after the crucifixion. This is after the, the Easter story. He's already died, and he's rose again. He said, hey, guys, meet me here. In verse 18, he says this. Jesus came to his disciples he said, I've been given all the authority in heaven and on earth. <clears throat> Therefore, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach, them, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure I'm with you always to the ends of the earth. I want to look at this verse one more time and read to you verse 19. He says, Therefore, he says, guys, I'm leaving and I've got all this authority and here's why I'm telling you, here's what this is there for. Whatever, whenever you see the word therefore there, basically he's telling you what happened prior to. He, he's saying, hey guys, I've been given all the power. It's kind of arrogant. It's like me walking here today and goes, hey guys, I'm in charge. Let me tell you why I'm in charge. You're going to discredit everything I say. If someone's got to tell you they're in charge, they're not in charge. People ask me questions about the church. I say, I don't know, I'm not in charge. Diana is. It's simple. It's, it's, I don't have to, like, there's, no, there's no question. People say, hey Wes, what, what should we do about this? I'm like... Ask Diana. And if she's not here, ask her dad. I don't know. Like, figure, ask anybody. Don't ask me. I'm here for the party, you know? Like, where's the food? Um, so, so he says to him, here's here what, I, I have all the power. I'm in charge. I'm the guy, I'm the guy that's, that I've, I've been received the power. I, I have this, and, and I'm, here's why, guys, I'm telling you that. Because here's what I want you guys to go and do. Because I have the power, I'm going to give it to you. And here's what I want you to go and do. I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations. I want you to baptize these people. I want you to go and make, so I want you to go tell everyone you can come in contact with about this Jesus guy. I got an email this week um, from a friend of someone who goes to our church. She goes, hey, I'm moving to the area. I want to know what your church is for. Can you send me an email what your church is for? She said, I've, I've looked all over your website. Uh, and I, don't, I can't find anything about what your church is, what your church believes. And I said, we believe, and so I wanted to write back, we believe in Jesus. Come on. <laughs> come win with us. Like, that's all I really got. People ask me all the time, what's, what's, your church's, uh, what's your church's mission statement? I said, our, our, we exist to love all people at all times and all places. That's what we exist for. But I could tell she has some sort of church background, so she's used to having some sort of standard of what we believe, and we know what we believe. And so I began to, I, so I went, to our, um, went to our next steps, and I copied and pasted what we believe, and I emailed it to her, and she got it, and neither she's going to come because she got that, or she's not going to like it and, and not come. You know, it's kind of the two options. But we exist to love people. 
So basically, what we stand for at this church is we stand for this great commission. The great commission is to go and teach everyone that you know and go have conversations about who Jesus is. That's, that's, that's it. Wes, can I do that? Yeah, absolutely you can do that. Can anyone do that? Do you have to be a missionary to do that? No. Do you have to be a pastor to do that? Absolutely. No, you don't. Someone said to me the other day, Alex said to me last night, what do you do for, for a job? <laughs> I'm like, I'm offended, number one. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it, I said, I said, I, I do church. He looked at me like, what do you mean? I said, man, I, I get paid to love people. Like, I, to put people and, to int- and then love people and then introduce other people to who Jesus is, that's, that's what I do. He goes, like, no, what do you do every day? I'm like, I know everyone, everyone wants to know, what is a pastor? I just, literally, I just go in environments where there's people and I talk to them about Jesus. People are like, man, why are you so adamant about CrossFit? I think I, get, I like CrossFit because it's a big environment for me to talk about Jesus with people. I'm out there running. I'm like, hey, you're dying, going to hell. Do you need Jesus? And then I just keep running, you know? And that's kind of how I, I'm just like, hey, Jesus, this, Jesus, that. And they get sick. And you're like, why is that guy always happy? It's Jesus. Because the Great Commission isn't the great option, it's the Great Commission. I heard a pastor call it the other day, he said, this is not the great, he said, some people, it's like they've dropped the C and they, it's the great omission. Now, this is, this is what we're all called to do. We walked out of here last week and a 24-year-old young lady came to me and he goes, hey, you talked about living last week. How do you know what living is? I'm like, ask Diana. <laughs> I'm like, I said, living, I said, I said I'm here on this earth. To, to know more about God and, and to love people. That's, that's, my, that's living for me. Li- loving people, that's, that's living for me. Every day. That's, that's what I do. I, I just, I want to I love people. Um, that's, that's what we're here for. And so, that's what we've built our whole entire church around, is going and making disciples. Going and telling people about who Jesus is. That's, that's our whole big deal. Like, and people are like, so what else is there? I'm like, it's all we got. We're here to connect people to Jesus. And then we connect other people who want to meet Jesus with those people. And we do that through community groups or through restaurants and hangouts and wherever we go and social gatherings. We just get people together and connect them to other people. I mean, it sounds kind of like a cult. No, it's, it's really not. You just, we go hang out with people and we go love them. It's what God put us on earth to do. It's the reason why Mark Zuckerberger created Facebook because he wanted to connect people to authentic relationships. And so we're like, I love that. I, lo- I don't know if he got that from great, I don't know if he got that from Matthew chapter 28. I don't know if Facebook is supposed to be in here and God forgot that part out, but he wanted to create people, to, he wanted to connect people to each other. And Jesus came on this earth to connect us to him and then connect us to other people. And so that's the great commission. So everything we do, we try to funnel through this great commission. But I want to read to you one other passage of scripture. That's what God's called us to do. I wrote down this other phrase in here. to say, are we going to go and make or come and take? Are we going to go and make or are we going to come and take? Because here's what I've done in my, in my research. I realized here's why, here's why the churches have all closed down. Here's why the churches are 85% are in plateau decline. Because they got a bunch of people in a room and they said, how can we make each other comfortable? And if we can make each other comfortable enough... And if we can connect, if we can just, if we can have an us forward no more thing and make ourselves feel good, then we'll, if we accomplish that, then we're winning. And what happens is, is, you know, a huddle is great. A huddle is awesome if you're on a football team. But you know the huddle doesn't stay closed. They only, they only meet for a second and then they go out. And they spread the whole entire field, 50 yards from left to right, east to west. They want to spread it out as far as they can and spread the defense out as far as they can. And then they go. They come and then they go. And they go and they go all the way into the fourth quarter and then into overtime sometimes. They come together for a huddle, but then they, they go and they make. And those churches are closed because they got in and it was just those four no more in got comfortable, and what happens is if it gets comfortable, nobody else can, can get in. And so we know for us, our church, God's called us to use this passage of Scripture for our church to be the church that God's called us to be. We're called to live out. We're called to go and make, not to come and sit or to come and take. And so Matthew chapter 28, we read that. Let me, let me flip, the, flip the pages, if you can, to Acts chapter 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. 
Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Paul was preaching to the people, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. Paul had a message inside of him. And it was his last time to be there, so he was giving it all that he got. I know some of you guys, like, when I preach, you're like, Wes, is this your last Sunday? <laughs> like, land the plane. Paul was still preaching. They were like, people were checking their watches. Is he still talking? Man, I'm hungry. I wonder if I can place an order for Starbucks now and get there. Before, you know, like, they're trying to figure out, man, are we, what's going on? This is taking way too long. He's preaching, he's preaching. They break bread. Paul was preaching to them. And since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. Then upstairs, the upstairs room where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps. As Paul spoke on and on and on and on and on and on, a young man named Eutychus, which, by the way, mom, dad, don't ever name your kid Eutychus. Unless you didn't want that kid, you don't name him Eutychus. You know, like, he got made fun of in school, just so you know. A name like Eutychus. Eutychus is up there, and he doesn't have a lot of friends because his name is Eutychus. He's sitting up on the ledge all by himself. And he's listening to Paul preach just much like, much like, much like you, you and I are today. You're sitting you're just listening, and you're kind of processing all this stuff. And old Eutychus, as he's watching there, and he's listening, he's listening, and he's young. How many of you guys have ever fallen asleep in church before? Not this church, because you're not, yeah. We've all fallen asleep in church before. Oh, and you know, some of you guys are like super spiritual. No, Wes, I wake up at 5 a.m. and I pray for your sermons for two hours. <laughs> and then I wake up and go for a jog and I come out and I still pray for you, Wes. And then I come and I'm just so wide awake. I can't wait to be here every single Sunday morning. <laughs> Liar. Last week we were done and I said, hey, we're done. We were at Next Steps and um, one of my friends said, I love this place. I just want to stay here. Eutychus got tired. It was late. You know, that was his excuse. And they're there, and Paul's preaching, and he's sitting on the window seal, and they're up on the third floor, third floor. And they became very drowsy. Finally, he fell asleep. All of our high school students, you guys have perfected how to sleep in class, all the high school kids. So there's a way to prop your head up just right. You know what I'm saying? Some of you guys are like, yeah, that was me. I can re- now, this is the part of the sermon I'm listening to. I learned how to fall asleep while in class. Like, how many of you guys, you don't have to raise your hand. I know we don't raise your hand because there's a lot of recovering Baptists in here today. But you know, like, you have the perfect prop up. Like, you know how to do it just right. Eutychus is having that moment where he's just like, oh, man, I wish this thing would be over. You know, I'm, I'm from an old school church where we had pews. I mean, I, I remember falling asleep and hitting that front pew in front of me. That's when you know you're, I, had the, I had a double prop going. Had a double prop going, and it just, whoom, pop, you know, and that's funny when you go to church with all your cousins, because they're seeing you sleep, and, but I'm also from the old school, too, where if my grandma fought, saw me falling asleep, I had to go outside and pick my own switch. Oh, I hated that. You had to pick the right amount of switch. It couldn't be too small, but it couldn't be too thick, because if it was too thick, they wouldn't hurt as bad, but if it was too small, then you know it would wear you out, so you had to find, like, I had to get good at that, and I used to be so excited about my parents dropping me off to go to church at my grandma's until she started spanking me when I fell asleep in church. But he falls asleep. He fell, he fell asleep. And he dropped three stories to his death below. You're like, man, this is a sick church. <laughs> Why did God put this in the Bible? I'll tell you. All. Let me keep reading. Okay, he falls asleep. Three stories he falls down. And uh, that's funny to me. You know, if you're sitting in that church service, that's hilarious. Except for the dying part. Paul went down steps. Hey, guys, he's preaching. He stops, puts his Bible down, says, guys, I'll be right back. He goes down there. He bends over him. He took him into his arms, swooped him up, and says, don't worry. He said, he's alive. He's alive. Then they all went back upstairs. They had to all go watch what happened. I'm sure. I don't know if his mom and dad were there, but they were down there. And if his grandma, if the mom and dad were down there, they were down there crying. If their grandma was down there, she's like, that's what you get for falling asleep in church. <laughs> Then they all went back upstairs, and they shared the Lord's Supper, and they ate together. And Paul continued talking some more until it was 6 a.m., or until it was dawn, until the sun came out. And then he left. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home unhurt, and everyone was greatly relieved. I think sometimes in our life, we kind of find ourselves in this tension. 
of we're going to go and make disciples, like it says in, in, the, in, the, in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, and we're, we're juiced about it. And we'll leave here, and, and some of you guys in here today, we've had over 100 people come to know Christ as their Savior of this church, and you want to go and you want to bring all your friends, and I have friends, their, their goal this year in 2017, they're like, I'm just going to bring all my friends to church. There was a sweet lady that came about a month ago, and she goes, I like this place. I, I think I actually love this place. And she goes, I'm, I'm going to, she came two or three weeks, and she's like, I like it, I like it. And she goes, I'm going to start bringing my friends. And for three weeks in a row, she's brought a new friend. She's like, I'm just gonna, she goes, my goal is to bring all my friends. She goes, this is such a good place. She goes, why aren't more people coming about it? Why aren't people hearing about it? Why aren't, people, why aren't, more, people, why aren't more people come? I was sitting in the lobby a few weeks ago with my brother-in-law, and he said, hey, my friend, my friend may be coming to church. He says we're in the, he's, he, he lives in the city. He goes, he's here in this name, Hope Church, Hope Church. He's like, is that the church that you go to? He goes, I want to come and, and, and hear about this, the, the message that you guys are, that you guys are sharing. It, it's easy, I think, sometimes to, to, to move into that relationship. Like, and I want to go tell everyone. I want to go bring all my friends so they can hear about this Jesus guy. I want to bring all my friends. And that begins to happen over and over and over again. But then I think sometimes there's that tension of going and making, but there's that tension, there's that tension where we go and sometimes we, we can relate a lot with Eutychus. Or we're saved, or maybe we're not saved, and maybe we know Jesus, maybe we don't know Jesus, and, but we're kind of living this tension where it's like, man, I'm just going to come and sit and just count down the minutes until Wes quits talking. Or I'm going to come and sit and, and I'm going to be there and I'm, I'm there, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really there, and, but I, I want to be there, but I'm not really there, and... We kind of live in these two extremes, if, if, if you will, today. And, and if you're here today and it's your first time, we're just glad you're here today. And you're like, man, I don't find myself in either of those tensions. We're glad you're here. We want you to come. We, we say this at our church almost every single week. That we don't care where you've been. We're just excited to go with you wherever you're going. We just want to ride with you. We just want to, we just want to be your road dog. You know, like you want to go. My son loves to go places with me. I don't always like it when he goes to me because he slows me down. But, you know, he just wants to go with me. And you know what? We're, we, at this church, we just want to go with you. We're just going to, we just want to get in the car and just, just roll with you. Wherever you're going, we want to go with you. You're like, anywhere? Almost anywhere. We just want to go with you. We just want to be on the front row. Whitney's here today, and Whitney's a, Whitney's a skier. She's just a skier. And, um, and, and she said that last week, and she's more than just a skier. But I just, I'm, she came to our church, and she's, she's coming to be a part of it. She came to Next Steps, and... I'm so, I just follow her on Facebook, I follow her on Instagram now, and she's, a, she's just a skier, but I, I follow her. I just want to be on the front row watching her, watching her win in life. And as a church, we just want to be on the front row just watching you win at life. Whatever you're going through, or maybe you're not, go, maybe you're not winning. You're like, man, I'm just trying to, I'm limping through. We want to just, if some of us, we just want to watch you win, and some of you guys, you're just limping through life. We just want to come alongside you. We just want to limp with you. You're like, that's weird. We just want to go with you. Where are you going? We just want to go with you. We're like, we want to be like that annoying little, the, not the annoying, it's not, I mean, not your kid, but my kid, but we want to be the six year old. I just want to go with you. Wherever you are, I just want to go with you. My son was crying today. I'm holding him on the arm, and I had to go to Publix. I'm like, I was here, and he was up on the side. I'm like, you're going with me. Got him out of the car. He had a meltdown. So I did what any good husband would do. Any good dad. I turned back around and brought him back inside to his mom. And I had the other daughter, my, I, we have two year old twins, and my daughter was there. And I'm like, you know, I can't leave Diana here. She's up here practicing. And, We've given our life to this thing, so we're here all the time. Last night, today, we'll come tomorrow probably and just hang out. And, but I, I, so I took my daughter with me. I'm like, man, this is going to slow me down. I'm going to Publix, but I'm going to take her with me. So I did what any good parent would do. I turn on YouTube on my phone. I hand it to her. I'm saying, let's go. I picked her up. I'm like, I can do with one. I'll do with the other. And I took the easier of the two because that's the kind of guy that I am. But just, we just want to go with you. We just want to go. I think sometimes I've been in church, I've been in church for, for a long time, and we read the Great Commission, and we think, it's my job, I've got I to save Maggie, and I've got to save Josh, and I've got to save, and I've got to save, and, and, and we've got we to go and make, and for, for our church, we just want to go with you. We just want to go with you, and we're going to let God change your life, but we just want to go with you until that happens. And here's the good news about church. If it doesn't happen, if you don't ever step into, from, from dark to light, if you ever step into relationship with Jesus, we'll just go with you anyways. Because here's what I realized about the Bible. When we read the story of Jesus, he just goes with people. And we have a lot of the accounts of him, him changing, touching the, the, the lady that had the disease. We see a lot of the touching, and we see a lot of the changing, and we see a lot of the transformation. But there were some people that we don't read a lot about, but there were some people that Jesus said, hey, I, I want to change your life. And they said, no, I'm good. I appreciate the offer. It sounds good. We see that you're following on Instagram and Twitter and on social media. We see that you're viral. We see that. We, it makes clear. But you know what? We're just not really interested. We're not interested. We're hipster. We're just going to go our own way. 
make up our own little sub our own little subculture. Like we're, it looks good. I mean, you you're getting bro, you're getting likes for days, but we're gonna pass. And I, and Jesus, they, you, but Jesus, like you could still go with me if you want. I gotta keep going. But if you want to go with me, you still can go with me. Like even though I'm gonna pass, yeah, you come with me. We just want to go with you. We want to go with you, and we want to go with you. But I think, but I don't want our church. I don't want this community of people. I don't want this gathering to ever get so consumed with just we're good and we're just going to come and sit and then we'll be good again. I want us to always major on the go. The reason why you came to this church, most of you guys, because we met you guys outside of this church. When I'm in a community group on Monday night and a friend of ours that goes, he's like, I, I met Wes outside of this church. And that's why I came to this church. Someone on the next steps thing, like, hey, how'd you find the church? I said, I came to your church because I saw you guys were doing something in the community, and we wanted to be a part of a church. We wanted to be a part of people that were helping out the community. And so that, just, that, that made us excited, and so we, we came. We just went to check it out, and we're stuck here now. You loved us too much, and so we just stayed. We want to go. We always want to be going. We always want to be making. We don't want to be asleep. I wrote down this in my notes today, that the way to change a culture is to engage it, not to run from it. We're called to engage, engage the culture. Did you know that everyone that Jesus encountered was nothing like him? They're not, they were nothing like him. That annoys us, doesn't it? If people don't like it, they're like, man, they're annoying. Why can't they be like me? That's what we're saying. We give people are saying, man, they, just, they can't be like me, so I'm just going to talk to the hand. Everyone from the 90s just got that. Everyone that's new school, they're like, what does that mean? It'll, hopefully it'll come back again because it worked back in, it worked in the 90s. But God's called us to engage culture. For so long, many churches, we want to run from culture. We don't want to catch culture. <laughs> we don't want to catch the disease that we made up called culture. Jesus calls us to engage it. He's called us to be relational with people. He's called us to not to be relational with people. He actually calls us to love people. And to be bent on loving people. I love that Jesus, when he came to the, to the, to the world and, and he began to love people, he loved, he loved nothing. He loved people that didn't look like him, that didn't talk like him, that didn't act like him. There's a story in, in the Gospels, in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 15, there's three stories there. There's three stories. And, and one, one is a story of, 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 a, um, of a shepherd and that shepherd, he, he, lose, he, loses, he loses one sheep. Now, if you're you and me, he has a hundred. You lose one, you're like, that's oh, not a big deal. It's like me with my four kids. I'm like, if I lose one, it's not a big deal. I have three more. <laughs> you're like, that's wrong. Sometimes you want to lose them. I, mean, I think I do it on purpose. I'm just kidding. If I lost one, I would be like, yeah, I lost one. People say, oh, your twins are so cute. I'm like, I'll let you borrow half of them. You just get one for a couple hours and you'll bring it back. I promise. I was at the park yesterday with my twins and my older two, and this lady was there, and she's like, oh, I said, do you have twins? And she said, yeah. I said, I do too. Those are, those are my two up there, and the boy and the girl. And she's like, that's so exciting. And I said, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> and she's like, oh, is that your only two? I'm like, I wish. You know, I didn't say that. I said, no, I said, I have my nine and my six-year-old. They're walking into, that, into the bike trail there with their own money. I love when they have their own money. They're walking in with their own money to buy, to buy drinks in there. She's like, you have four kids. She goes, I had twins and I stopped. I'm like, I had two and I tried to stop. I figured it out now, but I just I wasn't there. And I, I had these four and she said, oh, four. Man, that, having four, that's a, that's, a, that's a lot. I said, yeah, that's a lot. And I, I wouldn't want to lose any of my kids. You, you, guys, you guys get that. I mean, temporarily for a few moments is fine, but not like permanently. But in that story, Jesus loses one sheep. Not the shepherd loses one sheep. Jesus is telling this parable, the story. And to you and I, we'd say it's just one sheep. It's, it's not that big of a deal. He has 99 other. Well, in that story, the shepherd gets to 99. He corrals him and says, hey, you guys stay here. I'm going to go find the, I'm going to go find just the one. And when he went to find the one, he didn't know if the one would be alive or dead. He had no clue. 
He didn't know that when he, if he got there, it was going to be an engaged in a battle. He didn't know if he was going to, when that shepherd lost, left the 99, I don't know if he left it with some other shepherds, and they all kind of watched his own sheep. And, but when he got there to get the one, he didn't know if he was going to have to go to, to fight. He didn't know if he was going to pull out his, his staff or his, his, you know, his, his, um, his slingshot. He had no idea what he would get into when he went to go get the one. But you know what he decided? It was worth it to him to leave all the 99 to go after just the one. And did you know one here today in this room in here today, you in here today, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're, you're the one. I'm the one. Jesus would leave all the people that had it and that knew Jesus, he would leave the 99 just to go after the one. And I love that story. I heard a, I heard a pastor say recently that shepherds always smell like their sheep. It's a cruddy smell, right? We're called to engage everybody, to love everyone. Whether they look like us, they act like us, they talk like us, we're called to engage. When we engage people, God's using you and I to go and to make. But we can't just come like Eutychus and just come and take. We miss it. We just we miss out. The, the commission is great. It's big. It's going to take all of us. And we can do it all in here. Together, I wrote down these two things, and Gabe's going to come up and... I wrote on these two things. Here's two of our core values that we wrote down. We have we have uh, we have eight core, nine core values, and we're going to go over them over the next few weeks. And if you're in next steps, we went through all of them last week, and so it's going to sound like a rehash. And if you're here today, and you're like, man, I'm just trying to figure out this church is going to roll with me. You can roll this for four weeks, and you can have a pretty good decision whether or not you're going to make it and want to be a part of what what we're doing. Um, but here's 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 two of our core values. Uh, number one, uh, this and these are we've kind of bunched them, and, and these aren't the exact order that we have them. Our number one core value is is that we're generous. That's our number one core value. Um, but we're, we kind of bunch these together in, in the way that God would have us share them with you today. But here's the first thing, that we'll do anything short of sin to reach people. We'll do anything short of sin to reach people, to connect people to this Jesus thing that we're talking about. We'll do anything short of sin to do that. We'll do anything. Like, man, what's anything? You come to us and ask us if it's anything, and we'll let you know if it's anything, and we'll go out and we will reach. We're going to go. God's called you and I to go. That's our, we value that. We want to go because God calls us to go. And here's the good news. If we're going to go and we're going to leave her to go, it's only, we're only going to go because God has empowered us to go. Because in this great commission, the Bible says, I've given you guys, I have all the power. I'm going to give you guys the power. I'm going to equip you. I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to make sure you can go and do this. It's going to be hard. It's going to take everyone in this room in here today. We want to reach all of Winter Garden. It's going to take all of us. But I've prepared you to go and do that. And I've empowered you. And you can go and do that. We're going to reach people. We're going to do whatever it takes to reach people. I told you guys a long time ago, I'm t- I-, I hate that it's, e- it's easier to get into a nightclub than it is to get into church. What do I wear? What do I do this? Do I have to stop doing this? Do I do this? We're going to let people come in. You're, as our church grows and as we grow and we grow and we reach more people, you're going to find out there's going to be a lot more people that aren't like you than actually are like you. That's just what God's called us to be a part of. I, my, my father, Diana's dad, is taking me to some of the, the, the most devastated places in the world. That's his life mission, is to go into all the devastated places in the world and share the gospel. And so I've gotten to go, I've gotten to tag along with that. When you get to these places, they're so enthralled with Americans. They're so enthralled. The lighter the skin, the brighter the hair, they're more enthralled. They're not as always enthralled at me, because I go to Asian countries or Hispanic countries, like, he's one of us, welcome home, you know, they give me a big hug. The wider you are, the better when you go. Because they're just like, oh my goodness. And we're called to go and take. We're called to go and take. So we've, we've gone to some of the most devastated places around the world. That's what God's called us to do. And, and, and did you know this? I don't, I don't know if you know this, but there's devastation in Winter Garden. There's decline in Winter Garden. There's people that are just trying to make it every single day in Winter Garden. We think, oh, Wes, I want to go to, when y'all go to Africa this summer, we're going to go with you. We want to go with you. Wherever you guys go, we're going to, on our first mission ship this year, we're going to Detroit. You're going to see devastation. But you don't have to go to Detroit to see devastation. You can get in the car with me today, and I'll take you to places that you don't want to go by yourself. You don't have to go far. I'm talking three minutes away, five minutes away. Like, oh, I'll go there in the daytime. You won't go there at nighttime. We're going to a park in two weeks in East Winter Garden. 
and we've gone there once. We're going to go there again. We just we, we roll up in there with our truck and we, we with another organization. And we we pull out a grill in the back of the truck and we flip hot dogs and, and give out hot dogs and chips and drinks and and uh, they the organization that we partner with they they got these care packages together and they give them groceries and non-perishable items. We we go there. And we'll we'll go love those people. Are those people like us? No. Do they they go where we go. Do they do what we do? Absolutely not. But you know we want to go where God's called us to go and God's called us to go into all the world and we want to go where people are devastated. Did you know this though? And here today I want to make sure you know this. You can be rich and be in dev- and, and live in devastation. And you can be poor and live in devastation. You can be, you can be devastated. You can, be, you can have everything in the world and I like nice stuff. Don't get me wrong. But you can have a little. I've had a little and I've had a lot and you can, li- you can be devastated in both of those, both of those extremes. Because in both of those extremes, you're searching for something. You could be searching for something. The thing that we're all searching for in life is Jesus. It's a relationship with Jesus. So we're doing the shortest center to reach people, and, which leads me to the second thing. We make it hard for people to go to hell by making it fun to go to church. We make it hard for people to go to hell by making it fun to church. You, you know this in here today. This isn't a secret in here to, to you today. We like to have fun. And we don't read a lot about it, but I think Jesus likes to have fun. My friend Kirk's here today. He always invites me to his parties. I'm always, you know, they're always on Saturday nights. You know why I can't ever go, Kirk? Because I'm setting up this church. I'm like, I'm going to go late. And he always invites me. I'm like, Man, I, gotta, I told him, I said, one day I'm going to go to one of Kirk's parties because I know they're fun. And we've sat and talked about the gospel and how it's supposed to be lived out in, in communities. And we've, we've had that conversation several times. I've, I, my, some of my, I've learned a lot from him. We're called to go into all the world and, 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 and to reach people and do anything short of sin. And, and we're going to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it fun to go to church. We want to invite people into our, into our context as well, into this thing called we call the church. But don't leave confused today. When you leave here today, you are the church. This is just a building. For some people, it'll just be an invite here. It'll just be an invite to But for some people, you'll be sitting across from at a coffee shop or at a restaurant or at a place that serves other kinds of drinks besides coffee. But you'll have a conversation and you'll say, hey, do you know Jesus is? Do you know my friend Jesus? I want to introduce you to my friend Jesus. That's what, we've been friends for five years. I've never told you about my friend Jesus. Can I tell you about my friend Jesus? That's where it happens at. Maybe for us, I was with a group of 10 of our guys from our church at, at Buffalo Wild Wings and I got up and, and, and left and I, I went to, I got my wallet, which I'm not sure where it's at currently. Um, but I went out and I said, hey man, uh, the, bar, the server there, I said, hey man, he was following me out. I said, hey, you got a church anywhere? No, man, I've been looking for a church. I said, man, you need to come to my church. I said, you'd like it. You want to know I know we like it? Are you like it? Because we, we make it fun to go to church. It's funny. You've la- everyone's laughing here today. And if you haven't laughed, meet me outside. I'll tell you some of my jokes. <laughs> you like dad jokes? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't have those. I got a lot of church jokes, though. Um, because I've lived through most of them. We're going to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it fun to go to church. And the last part is just a, is just a, is just a sub part. Man, we don't want anyone to, we don't tell this a lot of church, but there's a reality called hell also. And what, from what I read, no one should have to go there. No one should have to go there. This book, this book says, man, God says, I'm not even, I don't, I don't even want anybody to go there. I don't even want anybody to go there. But we live in a, we've lived long enough to know that everyone, every, everything you do, there's a consequence. There's consequences for everything we do in life. Whether you're, whether you're running red light cameras in a Koei, I can tell you where those, both those lights are at. Or whether you're speeding, or whether you're cheating on a test, or whether you're doing something at work that's illegal. No matter what you do, there's a consequence for everything in life. And rea- the reality is that there's a reality, uh, there's, a, there's a place called hell. There's a reality of that for people who don't, for sin, that's where people who sin go to hell, unless they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But here's the deal. From what I read, I don't want anyone I know to go there. I wouldn't wish my enemies to go to hell. It's, it's, a, it's an eternal place. It's not like when you die, there's an ending. When we die, when all of a sudden you die our last breath, when we die, I've done four funerals. None of them are positive funerals. I've done four funerals. We have an attorney right after that. Every one of us. And it's either eternal, it's an eternal connection with Jesus or eternal separation from Jesus in a place like that. Those are the two extremes. Everyone, everyone's going to have an attorney. And you don't come back as something else in case, you're, in case you're researching that. You don't come back as something else. But if, it doesn't matter. Even if you do come back as something else, there's still eternity after that. 
Some of you guys are going to go home like, am I going to come back? Whatever you want to believe, here's how I know. There's an eternity after you die. And we don't want anyone to win our garden and go to hell. So we'll put up signs all across the place. People say, yeah, I saw your church close sign. We'll, we'll wrap a truck that says Hope Church all over it. We'll go places. We'll Facebook advertise. We'll go places and we'll, we'll hand out invite cards. We'll restaurants. Wherever we're going, we're just going to invite people because we want people to come into a, a place where they can hear about this Jesus that we talk about every single week. Because not because we, we like to hang out with people why we do. Not because we just want to because God tells us to because we do. But we don't want you to want to go to hell. We don't want, the Bible says God's not willing, none should perish. Hey, and you've been here long enough to know at this church, we're not going to lose anybody on our watch. I can't speak for every other church in Winter Garden. I don't want to. I let my kids drive their scooters in First Baptist Church Winter Garden yesterday. They just got to scooter around in there. and I let my, my twins finish their red, their red icy. Parents, I got a lot to learn. A red icy for, for two-year-olds is not a good idea. Unless you're me. I just let them, it's all over them. Their little white be- bellies are stained. <laughs> Went through the shirt. It's on the pants. Trip, uh, not trip, Judah just dumped his. And I love that church has such a long and a, and a deep history. I, l- I love that it's been there forever. It's, it's, a, it's probably one of the pillar churches in our community. There are a lot of churches in our, in our area. But here's what I know. I can't give an account for First Baptist Underground. I'm not going to. I can't give an account for the church across the way. And, there's a chaplaincy program that meets in this YMCA. I've got six other pastors that I've, that I've invited to come be a part of just praying with people in this, in this YMCA facility. And so on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Monday night and Thursday night, I, I've, I've worked with these pastors to come here. And I can't give an account for any of those churches in this city. I don't want to. I'm going to give an account for this church. I'm going to give an account for Hope Church. And God's going to say, Wes, he's going to ask me when, he, when I get to heaven one day, he's going to say, how'd, how'd that go? He's already going to know the answer. He's going to how'd that go? And I'm going to say, God, I don't know if it went good or not. You tell me. People ask me all the time, how's your church going? I said, I have no idea. I said, what's healthy? <laughs> I said, I'll tell you if we got that. I said, people are coming and people are getting saved. And that's about all I know. A buddy of mine invited me to a church growth seminar. Here's what I know about church growth. If we invite people to church, the, the, the numbers are out. 82% of people are likely to attend church if they were invited. 82% of unchurched people. 82% of people who don't go to church, statistics say they're likely to come to church. That's what I know. Here's also what I know. The Rainer Group came out with another statistic. And I typically hate statistics, and I hate this one. 2% of church people invited an unchurched person to church this year. And you might be like, oh, we're in good shape because we're only two months in. I've got, I've got nine, two divided by 12. <laughs> two divided by 12. <laughs> I got like 10 more months left, Wes. I'm going to invite somebody. Just nod your head. Aren't those two numbers, aren't they staggering? Though, yeah, it's 80. If, and I know, you're, I'm skeptical like you are. You're like, where'd you get those numbers from? I didn't make them up. I got them from Google, and, and he's never lied to me. I don't even know if he's a he, but I know Siri's a she, and so I feel like they're the antithesis. So I'm like, hey, there's, I don't even know if they're together or not, but here's what I know. I don't want us to be a 2% church. We're not, we're not inviting anybody. Went to dinner last week with, with Fraley and Brooke, and this is always bad. When you get up here and preach about, hey, we're going to invite people to church, we're going to invite people to church. And I go to sign the check, and Brooke reaches into her purse and goes, hey, here's an invite card. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. I have invite cards. I don't know where they're at, but I got some in my wallet. Where are my wallets at? It's in my wallet. Man, we got to be inviting everyone we know to come to hear about this person we call Jesus. Because here's what happens. When that's happened in our church over 100 times, someone has been invited to church, 100, 100 people have gotten saved because someone invited them to come to church. And they heard about, not church, they heard about Jesus, and Jesus can change your life forever. I'm done. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. You came this far in here today, and I talked about heaven. I talked about hell. And it'd be, be silly for me to come here today and not give you an opportunity to move into a relationship with Jesus. And that's all, what Jesus wants for your life is a relationship. That's what Jesus wants for your life. He wants a relationship with, your, with you. He wants that today and here today. He wants a relationship with you. 
The Bible tells us this, that in this room here today, that everyone sins, everyone's messed up, everyone's fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone has done that. We've all done that. And because of that, there's a penalty. That's, that's reality. That's life in general. That isn't anything supernatural. That's anything, that's not just a Jesus thing or a church thing. There's a punishment for, for messing up. There's a punishment. That's, that's universal no matter where you're at. But the Bible tells us this. Even though there's a punishment, there was a Jesus who loved you so much, he came to take that punishment from you or take that punishment for you. Instead of you having to do the punishment, he took on the punishment. That's what Jesus came to do today. He came to take your punishment. So we want to give you an opportunity right now where you're at in the stillness of this room to move into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We, we want that for you. And so where you're at in here today, would you take a moment? And would, if that's you in here today, you're like, Wes, I, I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity at. If that's you in here today, that's, that's relationship with Jesus Christ. Wes, I'm empty inside. That's Jesus Christ that can fill that emptiness. Wes, I want to have meaning and purpose in my life. That's Jesus Christ. So would you take a moment where you're at, and would you just say, dear Jesus, if that's you in here today, just, just right in your heart. You don't got to say that loud. Jesus knows your heart. Would you take a moment where you're at, would you just say, dear Jesus, I need you in my life. Please come and save me. I know that I've messed up. I know that I need Jesus. I know that. I know that I need Jesus. Come into my life and save me. And would you say this where you're at? It's my favorite part. Would you just thank him this morning? Would you say thanks for saving me, Jesus? Thank you for saving me. I needed that. He knows. But would you just thank him? Just say, Jesus, I needed you to save me. Thanks for saving me. Man, I needed that so bad. If you're in here in this room in here, saying like, Wes, I already know I'm a Christian. I, I have a, I have a, I have Jesus in my life. And how many would say this, Wes? I want to be, a, I want to be a bringer to church. And you just sit here and say, Wes, pray for me. I want to bring someone. I got friends I want to bring. I, I know people I should be bringing. I should be inviting, at least be inviting people. Yeah, all across the way. That's we should all want that. That's that's a simple thing. We sh- we should all find someone that we can bring to into this house to hear about Jesus. This morning, people move into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Last week, people moved into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hopefully next week, people will move into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what God wants for our life, is God wants us to have a relationship with him. So can we do this for a moment? We're not going to sing. We're, we're almost done. We're about, to, we're about to be done. But can you take a moment where you're at? And could you just pray in your seat for the people that you come in contact with? That you, that you want to bring. Here's what, I, here's what I've learned so much in this last season. If we pray and ask God, he shows up in amazing ways. If we pray and ask him, he shows up in amazing ways. Would you just take a moment and pray where you're at? And maybe you have someone. You say, well, uh, there's this person. I've been, I've been friends with them for a year, and I've never, ever invited them to church. I've been, but I've so bad with them. Would you just take a moment and pray? Did you notice before you got here today, the church that's here today, the starting church, they took a few moments and just prayed for us? And it was cool. We got to take a moment. We got to pray for them. So I'm just going to be quiet for a second and just give you a moment to pray. Would you just pray for whoever God would bring you in contact with that you could bring someone. You could become a bringer. We so bad want to be a go church. We just go and make. That's what we do. It's, we're, that's simple. What's living to us? Going and making disciples. Going and telling people about this Jesus who loves them 
more than they can imagine or think. Help us to do that. Help us to love people well. For the people that we have a hard time loving, help us to love them. And the people that it's easy for us to love, help us to love them deeply and, and, and more great. Lord, help us to do that. We need that. We love you, we thank you, and we pray. Amen. Hey, can I share one thing with you guys real quick? And, and I think this is important. We, it's hard to capture everything in a moment. We, so we, what we do is we just try to have people come back next week. But I was sitting this past week, and I was going through the book of Ephesians. I'm teaching with a young professional group. And, um, and I, I read this for the first time. I, I never saw it like this before. And so I want to share with you guys something. This is why we do what we do also. In Ephesians chapter 1, we're talking about uh, Paul writes this letter and he has uh, this guy run this letter to this church at, at, at Ephesus. And Ephesus is a, is a port city. And it's so important for if, at the church at Ephesus and this, this Ephesians church, these people, it's so, they're so crucial to the gospel spreading all the way out through Asia because it is the church that's on the coast that, that's connected, that goes towards Asia. It's super important. And here's what I saw this week. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1. The Bible says is that when God created... Before God created the heavens and the earth, he knew you and he loved you. Capture that for a moment. Grand Canyon, skiing in, in Vail, skiing wherever you want to ski at, Breckenridge, you name the, the best places in the world, the, the highest mountains you've been to, the most beautiful places in, in, in around the country you've ever been to, all those things that God created, the heavens, the earth, the moon, the stars. My son asked me the other day, why did, God, why did God create darkness? The reason why God created darkness is because he wanted you and I to take a break and take a rest at night. And that we would sleep well, we, and he want our soul well, and then we'd wake up and live the next day. I'm sure I'm with you to say this. Before God created all those things, he knew you and he loved you. Like, I thought he created heavens and the earth. I thought that was a big deal. Like, heavens, earth, animals, birds. See, that's a big deal, but not so. Ephesians chapter 1 says that before God created the heavens and the earth, he knew you and he loves you. And that's, what we, that's, that's the main thing I wanted you to get today is that God knows you and he loves you. And he has a plan for your life that's greater than you can imagine or think. I want to invite our guys to come forward. We're going to take our offering today. And um, when you came in today, you got an offering on what looks like this. You can give online. You can text 84321. But here's what we want you to know. When you give here today, we're able to start churches like this Church of the Lakes. We're able to start churches like that. Today, we're helping start four of the churches and um, I love being a part of the Ark Network because we get to plant churches and share the gospel. When we go into, the, um, into these places that, that, we, that we go and we cook and we serve the underserved and we love those people, that comes from your generosity. And so we're so thankful for your generosity. We want you to notice when you give here today, you're not giving to church. You're giving back to God, a portion of all that he's given to us. Jesus, we love you and we thank you that we get to give. And when we give... We get to change the world through that generosity. And when we give, Lord, we're being like you because you've given us everything that we have. Lord, thank you that we get to give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, uh, one of our core values is generosity.